The Energy Matters to You podcast is a communication platform that features technologies and thought leaders working to advance energy efficiency. The Energy Matters to You podcast seek to connect buyers with sellers so that practical, cost-effective energy efficiency and sustainable energy solutions continue to gain market traction. Hello and welcome to Energy Matters to You. I'm Leo Ryan here with my co-host Ron Galuli. Ron, good to be here with you. Good afternoon, Leo. Uh, <clears throat> we have yet another guest uh, with vision for the future, um, utilizing data analytics tool one day. That's right. Well, we'll get into that. But you know, first I want to talk about the uh, the world of energy podcasting. Some big news in energy podcasting, right? Yeah, the Energy Gang uh, has made some ma- has has some major shakeups. Um, <laughs> so there's a new new host and. Uh, I know they tapped your shoulder, but you know you just couldn't leave. Energy matters to you. No, no, no. It's too big. It's too important here. Yeah, no, Catherine. It was funny in the final show. Uh, Catherine Hamlin was talking about some of the new things she's going to be doing, and um, she mentioned uh, the uh, Greentown Labs and some of the success that Greentown Labs was had. And I noted that she she was listing through some companies that had done really well, and she mentioned Line Vision, our guest on today's podcast. So really happy to, to have that connection. Another, another great piece about Line Vision is just last night, the New England Clean Energy Center hosted their Green Tie Gala, and uh, Line Vision was selected as Emerging Company of the Year. So very exciting time for them. And I want to welcome now uh, Alex uh, Hodling, who's the Vice President of Sales, and uh, Christine Engel, who le- leads applications at, uh, at Line Vision. Welcome, folks. Great. Great to be here. Thanks, Leo. Thanks for having us. Glad you're here. You know, as, as I was getting ready to, on this podcast, I was thinking about some of the things that we see in the news or I see in my neighborhood. We just went through this major upgrade in the streets. And before they did all the paving work, they went underground and they worked on the natural gas lines, the water lines, the sewer lines. They patched all that together. It was a two-year project of tearing up the streets. I swear, every time we recorded a podcast, it'd be a cement truck outside or cutting through the, the, uh, the asphalt. But I, and, uh, and, and, and as a result of that, they did not bury the electric lines. So I'm still looking at ut- utility lines all over the place. Then on the other side of the country, we've got uh, the state of California that continues to wrestle with wildfires. And their CEO just this summer made a really bold statement saying that they're going to bury 10,000 miles of power lines underground really in response to managing these wildfires and the fact that PG&E was in some ways held responsible for some of these wildfires. So Line Vision, you're right there. You're right in those two places, how municipalities are managing their power lines and how, um, how, how states are, are managing wildfires. Give us a little bit of a, a summary of, of Line Vision and, and, uh, and how they, they seek to serve. Sure. Great. Thanks, Leo. You bring up some really topical points that a lot of municipalities and frankly, the country at large is is struggling with. And clearly putting transmission lines underground is, is an option and it's very expensive. And what I like about this industry right now is that there are a whole whole host of, of options that go into making this grid stronger, more resilient, more capable of handling what we're asking it to do. Because I think everyone who knows anything about transmission knows that the grid is old. It was installed decades ago, in some case, in some cases even even longer. Um, in fact, the oldest line 
that Line Vision monitors was originally installed and is still hanging from 1926. So when you think about having a grid that's more dynamic, more resilient, how do you do that when you have such an old system? Line Vision steps in and we monitor transmission lines and we help utilities and operators get a better understanding of the health of those lines to make decisions around, do we need to replace them or, or not? Um, but then ultimately, how do we get the most out of them? Because what you'll see is that in the coming years, there's gonna be a need to double the amount of grid capacity to incorporate renewables and make the grid more resilient. And part of that is going to be building new transmission lines, but the other part is going to be operating the transmission lines that we have in a more efficient way. And so that's a really big part of what Line Vision does, specifically with technology called uh, dynamic line ratings. So essentially understanding the available capacity on the lines so you can maximize the, the lines that are existing today. We're going to spend some time talking about uh, dynamic line ratings, but Christine, let me pull you in here. Alex mentioned that there's lines that are still operating from 1926, kind of a scary thought. And, and I'm wondering that, uh, you know, line vision is not the only tool that utilities can use to monitor the health of their lines. So can you give us a little sense of historically what the industry has used to monitor the, uh, the, 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 the health uh, of those lines? Sure. Yeah. In the past, most utilities will have some kind of um, maintenance and observation program involving field inspections. Maybe they have uh, aerial LIDAR surveys on a, a cycle every few years to monitor the, the SAGs and the clearances of their lines. Um, or they can do destructive testing um, where they would actually clip out a portion of the conductor and take that into the lab. Um, of course, though, all those, those activities are expensive. They take a lot of resources. And so our approach um, is to offer a solution that's non-destructive. It's powered by the sensors that are installed directly on the, the transmission towers. Um, and by observing the sag of the conductors over time, we can get some good information about whether they're actually performing the way they were designed. And is how much of this, this technology is the result of advances in, in hardware and the, and the data required to provide this information? A lot of it uh, is really powered by, in our case, the LiDAR sensor, which has been around since the 60s. But um, really, that technology is just getting to a point now where it's uh, usable for a, an application like this, an application like dynamic line ratings or an evaluation of conductor asset health. So certainly all the improvements that are coming uh, lately with the LiDAR techni technology um, is, is really helpful for us. It just opens up a, a much larger data set than the industry has used before. Excellent. Alex, Line Vision has been around for 15 years. And uh, Christine just mentioned uh, LiDAR, which has been around since the 1960s. Cool. Can you give us a little sense of, of, uh, of the history of, of Line Vision and, and, uh, and how they're currently positioned? Sure. You know, I, I, I kind of, <laughs> it's kind of funny because on one hand, we're, we're new, as you mentioned, and thank you for mentioning it. We just were awarded the Emerging Company of the Year. Uh, award last night, which is which was great. And so we are a young company, but we have really deep roots. So you mentioned we're 15 years old. Well, we were born out of a company that really developed EMF monitoring technology. So the technology we have has been vetted, installed all over the world. And so we benefit from that because it's proven, it's out there. 
But Lion Vision itself as, as a separate entity has only been around since 2018. So on one hand, we have all that young energy and, and we're growing rapidly, but we're anchored in technology that has really been, been proven. You know, Christine mentioned the LiDAR technology being around for a long time. Um, and that's, that's right. But I think the, the application of it is, is what's unique. So it's just now that we're seeing LiDAR applied to things that we're going to be seeing every day. So many autonomous vehicles are driven with, with LiDAR. That's an application that didn't exist five years ago. LiDAR has been used by utilities, typically by attaching it to a helicopter and, and flying the lines to get an understanding at one point in time what maybe vegetation encroachment might look like. But for the first time, Lion Vision is utilizing LiDAR, attaching it to the tower itself to get a real-time perpetual understanding of the position and motion of the overhead conductors. So while what the, the application is, is unique. It's like I said, grounded in technology that's been available for a long time. So it's kind of a, you know, emblematic of, of Lion Vision as a company too. There's both that old and new component to us. You know, I was thinking about whenever you're doing projects with the utilities, nobody wants to go first, right? Everybody wants to look at some other utility success and say, well, we're going to model it after, after those guys. And <laughs> I imagine that's something that you bump into as an, as an objection. You know, I've heard this time to time, so I'm not sure if it's a cliche at this point or yet, but, um, you know, they, they do say that utilities don't want to be, be first, but everyone is in a race to be second. Um, and, and I think that's true because we have done a lot of projects already. Um, like I said, we're global. So we have done projects with seven of the top 10 largest IOUs in the United States were installed in six countries in Europe. We just did a major installation in Japan. We're in Canada. So this technology is out there. It's being utilized. It's ready for massive deployment. Yet at the same time, it's, it's still new to any utility who hasn't used it before. And so what I do and what my team does is encourage utilities to look at their peer group and say, okay, we understand that this technology has been deployed. Now the real uh, challenge is understanding how do we bring that into our system because ultimately the benefit of, of using dynamic line ratings of using line vision is to incorporate that new data set into the control room to give operators more control more ability to incorporate renewables and ultimately make the grid more efficient and better to manage beautiful now uh christine alex and i have a little experience um selling into different power grids based on our experience back in the Enernoc days and uh, recognize that there's different characteristics in each of those, uh, those utility markets and the grids themselves. And I'm wondering, Christine, uh, what you see or what challenge Line Vision runs into with the, with the variations in, in equipment um, and, and processes across the, the U.S. power grids and the international grids? Sure. Um, in terms of actually installing our equipment on a tower, we're, we're agnostic to the voltage, we're really agnostic to the line construction, and so differences like that wouldn't affect our ability to implement. It's more a matter of what the local regulation is like, how willing everybody within that system is, or how excited they are about moving forward with an operational project. and a lot of the times how much information is available um, on existing pain points. So quantifying things like congestion costs or understanding what, a, what impact a constraint or a constrained transmission line might actually have 
is really difficult in some markets where that information is not publicly available or sometimes not even available um, to transmission owners. So that's something that we, we have to deal with in, in different regions, but we're really navigating that with um, a lot of different customers um, across the U.S. and the world. Excellent. Ron, you had that 20-year uh, run with National Grid, and that, a chunk of that career was in the transmission space. And I, I'd like you to just just weigh in or, or, or bring that perspective, perspective and, and questions about you know how, how the utilities might look at this technology. What are the things that would, would, would draw them to it or, or, or cause them to be a little concerned about uh, introducing Line Vision's uh, applications? Well, I, you know, and maybe uh, Kristen, you could, you could help with this, but the way I look at it, it is this like the ways of transmission lines? Mm -hmm. So for example, when I get on, you know, Route 495 South and maybe I'm planning to get off on Route 20 and there's an accident on Route 20, it's going to bypass me around to Route 9, for example. Um, you know, those are similar to transmission lines. You have the bulk transmission line, the interstate highway. Some of those uh, lower level roads might be analogous to the 115 KV system, but I'm getting instant feedback on that traffic on those highways to make my own decisions on where I should go. Um, so it seems like it's very similar to that, but at the transmission line level. And the other thought I had, you know, from a reliability perspective and an outage restoration, it seems to me that you might be able to get real-time feedback where a potential fault or problem may be on the system, as opposed to maybe sending a helicopter out and flying the entire line, you might be able to pinpoint uh, where that problem may be instantaneously. Absolutely. And we love the highway analogy. We're just trying to make the best use of existing infrastructure, make sure that we're using the grid most efficiently, um, because frankly, the, the rate at which the grid is changing right now, we can't keep up with in terms of building out new transmission infrastructure in particular. Um, and so our solution is helpful for really providing that real-time data, which shows us how we can safely operate uh, maybe at a higher capacity when the weather conditions are right. Dynamic line ratings um, rely quite heavily on, on wind and then ambient temperature is also a factor. Um, in traditional rating methodologies, we have to be very conservative about the assumptions we're using to determine a line's capacity. But in reality, we often have a lot of extra headroom available. Yeah, it, Ron, it's, I have to, Ron, I have, oh, sorry, to go ahead. Up, I have to take you up on that analogy because I, I think you just, you hit a really good one there. Um, so I've been thinking about it. And if we're to, to liken the transmission system to the road system, where does where does line vision come in? Well, pretend that you were a civil engineer, and your job was to design a highway system that could handle the amount of volume of cars in a given area. And what you would do is you would probably be pretty conservative because you need to make sure that the system can handle the number of cars. Um, in New England, what you would probably do then is, is base the number of cars that could go down a highway at a given period of time on a worst case scenario. So for us, that's a nor'easter or a snowstorm coming through. How many cars can go down the highway during a snowstorm? Maybe a thousand, I don't know. So that becomes the, 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 what we would call the static rating. But the problem with that is that in the majority of instances, 99% of the time, you don't have a snowstorm. And so you're basing your model on the worst case scenario. 
And that's really what utilities do when they design how much capacity they can put on a system. They, they think of the worst case scenario. But as Christine mentioned, there are a lot of times when there are impacts of, of weather, wind specifically, that cool the transmission line and allow more electrons to move on the circuit. So really dynamic line ratings is giving you that real time alert saying, okay, actually traffic conditions are a lot better than you might think. So you can afford to put way more cars down the highway. So I don't know, I think that's a really good analogy because it, it allows people to um, really make the best use out of this system and, and incorporate that real time condition uh, to understand what you can do. Yeah, I, I think what a lot of folks don't realize is that, and I always envision this when I'm driving, you know, I'm stuck on a major highway, the electricity system, that's not acceptable, right? You can't have an accident and have people in traffic for two hours. You know, that would be an outage or something like that on an electricity system. So it, it needs to be designed with that redundancy and that capability to provide continuous power all the time. And in addition, the, the, um, the problem of, uh, you know, working around those accidents, that's what your system is going to do is help manage that, especially now with the integration of renewable assets. It seems to me that the, the challenge of actually managing that system has increased exponentially. Um, so you need this type of monitoring and data input uh, to be able to manage it effectively. The generation system has changed. It's much more dynamic. We no longer have centralized generation exclusively. We have load centers that might not be perfectly matched to where the generation is. New England's a perfect example of that with offshore wind, where all of a sudden you turn the, the offshore landscape into a generation facility. Well, the system isn't designed to handle that. So you can either build new transmission, which as Christine said, will be necessary, but that can be a five or 10 or 15 year long process. And in many instances, even if you get that far, it might be rejected. I mean, you look what happened in Maine recently where, where a major project was turned down. And so that might be a solution to, to build more. And, and that's something that we work very well with, but ultimately you still have to maximize the efficiency of the existing system and make sure that you're using that available headroom on the transmission system to incorporate this distributed generation like offshore wind. Think about all the challenges that we've just laid out that the grid faces, you know, an aging infrastructure, uh, the desire to put on intermittent resources, uh, climate change, all those factors. So, Alex, can you give us a sense of what, what could happen on a regulatory level that would, um, would take Line Vision's vision and technology and improving and, and, and maximizing the efficiency of the grid. Well, what needs to happen on a, on a policy level, on a regulatory level, to, to, to allow the adoption of this kind of intelligent information? Yeah, I think it's, it's already happening. And it's, that's why the, the industry is in such a unique position. And I speak with executives at utilities on a daily basis. And with zero exceptions, they're all excited about where we are right now because we are seeing this confluence of technological capability, but also regulatory and legislative support around giving utilities the tools that they need to better operate their grid. So in particular, we saw FERC issuing a notice of proposed rulemaking, what we call a NOPR, 
saying that advanced line ratings will likely be required on all lines within two years. Now, that hasn't yet been decided, but we anticipate mo movement on that soon. That would be a huge signal to the industry and, and really the world that the path forward to handle many of these problems is utilizing the existing grid more efficiently. So we'll see what develops with that. The other is what we saw recently from the infrastructure bill. There are three specific portions of the infrastructure bill that relate to what we call grid enhancing technologies. So if you guys aren't familiar with, with that term, get comfortable with it because we're gonna see a lot, a lot more of, of these technologies that help enhance the, the existing grid. One section of the infrastructure bill in particular, uh, section 4107, specifically calls out dynamic line ratings as technology that can help maximize the use of the existing grid. So we are seeing great legislative and regulatory support. And I think that will continue because I think no one would disagree that the challenge we have is significant and that there need to be myriad options to, to handle this problem. There's no one size fits all solution to this. It has to be a collaboration. It has to be uh, the confluence of lots of different technologies. And certainly the technology that Line Vision provides is a really important one. That's great. Christine, let me bring that question to you. So Alex just on into the policy and regulatory standpoint. Uh, from your perspective, uh, talking with the, the technical resources associated with the grid, are there things that need to happen or change either in the decision-making uh, uh, process or the, the physical equipment or the access to software, anything that you see from a technical standpoint that needs to change that would accelerate the adoption of uh, Line Vision's type of um, solutions? One of the, the biggest pieces that the whole industry is working through right now is how to integrate ratings, dynamic line ratings into the control room, um, how to get those managed properly uh, through the ISO. And so we're working right now with many of our utility partners on this. It's, it's a big change in a lot of ways, um, requires some work on the, the IT and security side. It requires um, solid vetting of line ratings with the engineering teams. Um, we're working very closely with operators in the control room to understand what they would actually want to see displayed. And so since all of that is, is so new, um, they're, they're just little challenges to work through with it, but the change really is necessary as well. As I mentioned before, the grid is changing. We have to accommodate that. And we really need to get the most efficient use out of our current system. Well, we try to keep these conversations to uh, less than 20 minutes and uh, we failed again. Uh, <laughs> so Alex and Christine, really, really interesting stuff. Let, before we, we sign, is there anything, any other part of the message, line vision message that you'd like to get out that we haven't covered? I think really the, the focus that Line Vision has is to secure the future of the grid. And in that, I think what people can really embrace is this idea that the existing grid that's been built is, is a marvel of technology. And as we've said several times in this discussion, that needs to be enhanced. It needs to be built out. But utilizing it in its most efficient way as well is really the path forward. So it's not an either or situation, it's an and situation where we need to, to make the best use of it um, and continuously uh, invest in the grid. It is so reassuring that that's exactly what we're seeing from the infrastructure bill and really from the companies that we're working with. We are really fortunate to have such a great group of utility partners that are working with us. And the reason we call it a partnership is because this is not 
us delivering technology and walking away. This is very much us working closely on a day-to-day -day basis with our partners to make sure like that this is integrated into the control room, that they are able to benefit from this new data set. And being able to do that takes a lot of work, but ultimately uh, the path forward is clear and, and the reasons for doing that are, are clear. So it's really been a, a great ride so far. Line Vision um, is such a great group of people, uh, such an innovative technology. And the fact that we're able to be part of something that's being developed and has this great technology coming together at this moment, exactly when the utility industry needs it is is just really really invigorating so glad to be able to get the message out really pleased to be able to speak with uh, with you leo and you ron um it's been great and um sorry that we took more than 20 minutes <laughs> no need to apologize outstanding so uh alex hodling uh from line vision christine angle thanks so much for for joining us on energy matters to you and uh, on behalf of uh, Leo Ryan and Ron Galuli, we're signing off. And just a reminder that there's, uh, there's work to be done. Go make a difference. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thank you.